0: everybody. I like being here more than some of the other places that I have to frequent. And what I mean is like, where are we right here? Well, this is a little space where you have to think about, you have to think about God and spiritual, religion-y kind of stuff. Because even if you're Watching from home, you know. Why? Why you think about that spiritual stuff? Well, I have to. I'm watching church right now. We get this space carved out where we get to think about life from the best perspective. The rest of life, the other places that I go. Think about the other places that we go in our minds, like the world of thinking about deadlines and conflicts and concerns and details. That stuff is. Not that fun to participate in. I can see it's necessary. But when we get to sit here and say, oh, there's, there's love. The, the Lord exists, loves all of us. There's a plan. There's a future. That's much better. So I just want to say, even like previous or prior to coming out here, like the moments before, if you haven't done a lot of public speaking. This is a different kind because we're, this is church. But the time leading up to it is not as fun because there you're thinking, is this going to go well? Do I have all my T's crossed and I's dotted? But when you're actually out here in the space of the thought, this is nice. This is a nice place for us to inhabit. So I'm, that is going to tie in. Keep it with you. But let's move now to finding a home in our minds. Mind is not that easy of a place to live. And let me tell you about seasonal affective disorder. Did I already talk about this last time? Do I keep talking about the same things? Well, the same things keep happening. I don't know if I have that, but I got something that's really like that, which my layperson's description of that would be, When the light starts to decrease, and I know I talked about this last time with the sun, when the light starts to decrease, it hurts your body and it hurts your mind. When you start getting less light, you can just feel, oh, this is miserable. I think I ache. I can't see any hope in things. It's really bad. And so this winter, as it's gotten darker, it's gotten harder for me. And it could be because I had to start taking melatonin to sleep because I had this other thing. Everything's a mess for everyone. I get it. The point is, when you're sitting here counting, going to this website that tells you how much longer each day is. Now we're past the 21st, so every day is getting a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. Oh good, today we added, just if anyone is wondering, just a little over a minute and 50 seconds. In one day, we used to be adding two seconds a day. We're losing time of the day. Anyway, So, when you're counting that up, and you're saying, okay, well, it's going to be really cold this week, but next week it's going to be warmer, at a certain point, you may start to say to yourself, I'm not sure if I want to live here. (laughs) Why do I live in beautiful southeast Pennsylvania, where it's cold and it's dark for half the year, or a third of the year? Do you know that not everybody does that? No, you don't have to live here. You can actually live here. Some people live here. Do you know that? That's a real house that's for sale. Yes. When you're looking to escape, you start to look up oh, where are some houses that I could buy? That house, that's where somebody is going to live. And that's in Maui, which is right pretty pretty close to the equator. It's not right on it, but you're getting down there. You don't have this everything gets really dark. You don't have this everything gets really cold. What you can do is just sit there by your little pool river and your two hot tubs and look out over the beach, and you can have the whole side of your house open because it's not cold and it's not dark. So you know what? I, I just wanted to say to all of you, that I'm, I'm moving there. I'm gonna buy that house and move there. Okay? And I'm actually gonna buy it right now. So let me just look up how much that costs because I gotta get a couple of, um... oh, oh, the house is $11 million. To <laughs> perspective, $40,000 a month on your mortgage to get that, which is like, I have to be a little more careful with my budgeting. I can't, so okay. I'm not buying that house. I can't buy it. I have to reevaluate now. That was gonna be the answer to the problem of me feeling unhappy, was I was gonna buy this house, upgrade my mental landscape. But now that I can't, I gotta think about what, what can I do and why did I think buying that house would make me happy in the first place? Because if I actually did, let's say that I actually did that I had 11 million dollars, let's say I had been really thrifty and saved up and I had 11 million dollars, and I was going to buy that. It's great. I'm not going to say that wouldn't be great, but it's not as good as you think it is looking at the picture of that house. Anything looking at the picture of it is better than actually being there, because if I was there and I owned that house, and it was in Maui, what would I be doing right now? Well. Sometimes I'd be just enjoying and relaxing, but another time I'd be saying, oh, this giant glass sliding door that's supposed to open and close to make my house go out into the rest of the world. Well, it's kind of stuck and now I have to get it repaired. And look at that, the neighbors can see right into my property here. What, why do they have a better view of the beach than I do? And oh, I can't believe that my coworker or spouse said that thing to me. So you still have your mind there. But the picture is so enticing. Why is the picture of a house so enticing. It's because that when we see a picture of a house that is really nice, it is actually communicating something beyond that house to us. It's telling us about a state of mind. It is actually an indicator to us that's saying there is a state of mind that you could be in, and this is an image of that state of mind. So, what gives me the right to say that? The house is the mind. The house is the mind. Well, you get evidence pointing towards this from a lot of sources. First of all, we have in dream psychology, if you look up, and there's not like a, I don't think there's a quality control or standards for how you determine what something means in your dream, how you're going to measure that, but just, just do the Google test. If you, you can go to all, this is psychology today, which I guess is pretty reputable. But if you go to any site, they'll always talk about the house is a primary symbol of the self. All imagery and experience in the dream is self-reflective. The house house tends to be particularly reflective of the individual dreamer. The house is you. The house is you. If you're dreaming, I remember when I used to work construction and I would have these dreams with all this, like, trying to build these beams and you had... It's talking about something that's going on with you. Don't you have those dreams where it was my house, but there's like extra stuff in the basement or on the third floor? Those are so exciting because it's like, what does it mean? And also, I was in a house, but it was my house, but it didn't look like my house. But you know it's your house because the house is you. The house is you. The house can be a state of the human mind. And it's not just dream psychology. It's also new church theology. This is from Secrets of Heaven, 7847. Correspondences alert which is the language of God is symbolic. The way that God talks to us is through symbols. Why do we have this annoying life I was just talking about with details and structure and everything? It's because when you learn what like a house is by living in the physical one, that can then be a symbol for something intangible that you wouldn't be able to understand if you didn't understand the physical for the metaphor or the correspondence. And you ever wondered, and I will read this quote at some point, but I'm just talking for a second first. Have you ever wondered why there is so much architectural detail in the Bible? Have you read through, not like the popular parts, not the photogenic parts, where Jesus is saying something inspiring, or there's a very obviously meaningful moment, like you're crossing into the land of Canaan. I'm talking about the chapters and chapters and chapters outlining the details of how you're going to build the tabernacle, or how you're going to build the temple. Just detail. This thing needs to be on the right-hand side of that, and this needs to be a cedar, and this needs to be, I don't know, oak. Why is God using up pages, telling us about that? It's because the house is you. It's talking about your mind. Secrets of Heaven, 7847. The reason why the doorposts and lintel have this meaning, and this is talking about the, I believe, the Passover ritual. doesn't matter for this context. I just want to show you an instance. Is that the house means the actual person... Or his mind, and the parts forming the door mean the things that serve to lead into it. Oh, it's not because God is interested in doors. The universe does not exist so that doors can have a happy life. People are the ones that need to get happy. Why are we talking so much about doors? It's because. There's a door into you, right? There are door posts. All these parts reflect something in this chaotic state. So if I'm sitting here, early, as I was complaining about earlier, saying, well, I don't really like being in this part of the world, why? Because of how it makes me feel, because of how it makes me think. Well, we've got to educate ourselves on how to change the thinking and feeling. It's cheaper than that house that I was showing you. It's more accessible. And even if you get to that house, which is great, I hope you do, you're still gonna be able to make yourself miserable if you don't get the home in the mind. And what we wanna do is go from a house in the mind into a home. Because house, if you just think about the way that we use it in language, you can say, oh, this is, this is a drug house. This is a flop house. This is a house of cards, the way you're thinking. You never hear, like, this is a home of cards. Home always has a positive co- connotation. There's just been a million marketing campaigns. It's like, make your house a home. What's that from? Something. Make your house a home. How's your mind? Is it a house? Or can we bring it more and more into being a home? Because in the beginning, when I was complaining about, in the very, be- I have two major complaints in the beginning. The first was I was complaining about the the different things I worry about and think about versus the fun of being here and getting to talk about the Lord and about hope and about how we can help each other and all this stuff. That was complaint number one. Complaint number two was I live in a place where it's dark and it's cold. Well, the Mental place is me saying, just like I'm saying I don't want to live here where it's dark and cold, I don't want to live here where it's dark and cold inside. I don't want to live where I can't stop worrying about stuff. I don't want to live where I get offended whenever somebody says something that I don't feel like is giving me the amount of respect I deserve. I don't want to get upset by things that I know are inevitable. There's so many things in my mind that I say, I don't, when I step back and think about it, you can kind of think that it's good for you when you're going on and you're solving your problems in your mind or you're arguing and battling with your perceived enemies. You might think, yeah, well, this is good. I got to do it. I got to do it because then I'll get here. But when I step back and think about the overall effect that has on the quality of my life, it just hits me. I I don't want to live there. You don't have to live there. Some people don't live there. They live in Maui. So how do we get there in the mind? That's the question. We're going to begin thinking about the making the mind a home. And I want to do a little exercise before we get to a little song break here. So there's a meditation that I like uh, by a guy named Jeff Warren. I want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. Jeff Warren has this series called How to Meditate. And I'm not... I don't really like meditating. Just in case you're wondering, there are some people who i well—they oh, they meditate all the time. It's very hard for me to meditate. It's very hard for me to like it. It's very hard for me to get something out of it. It's very hard for me to quiet my mind down. But I have enjoyed this series and the tangibility of it. Plus, I've just started to realize you got to do stuff to de-stress, and meditation is a great way to do it. And in this, this is day two in that series, and in it, he taught, introduced this concept that's called a home base. And I thought of when I was getting, putting this talk together, I thought of this meditation because in this meditation, Jeff quotes Bob Marley, who says, my home is in my head. That that's what meditation is about is we're trying to be like a turtle that has a home it can take with it. So we're going to do an exercise. Yes, you in front of your phone. I know somebody else is in the kitchen looking at you and you don't want to do this in front of them, but you have to. We are going to do a little home in the mind exercise. The home base is a very simple concept. It's just that there is, we're going to pick a sensation and return to it. We're just going to do this for 30 seconds. A lot of time, people will say, use the breath. Breathe in and, f- and feel your breath and your nostrils or your throat. I don't really like the breath. It doesn't help me concentrate. So together, let's do something a little different. Put your lips together like this. And notice how it feels that they're touching each other. Try to notice the sensation of your lips are touching each other. I promise. I promise I'm going to tie this in. Hello? Did you sign off? OK. Can you feel it? Okay, that sensation of your lips touching each other is your home base. For the next 30 seconds, we're just going to try to, that is all you're thinking about, is how this feels. And you're getting, as Jeff says, getting into the feeling of, well, this is how it feels that my lips are touching each other. And if and when your thoughts start to draw you out, Just as soon as you can realize that you're on a thought train, say, oops, I'm going back to my home, my home base, the feeling of the lips together. Okay, I don't know if it's going to be exactly 30 seconds, but let's just do it. You ready? Get those lips ready. One, two, sorry, I know this is a false start. It's just going to be a weird piece of footage. It's just going to be me like sitting here for a few seconds. That's just part of life. Okay, if you're all doing the exercise, it won't be weird because you won't be looking at me. You'll be thinking about how your lips are touching each other. One, two, three, go. Okay, come back. <laughs> How, did it work? Was anybody able? To, raise your hands where I can't see you. Was anybody able to not have their thoughts go off at all that whole time? I didn't because I had two things. One is I realized, oh, this microphone, I'm still holding it close to my face. I need to put it down. And then the other one was, has this been 30 seconds? Am I going too long? So I'm in a hard position to do that effectively. But I bet that for a lot of you, even in that short space, your thoughts started to go somewhere. Because that's just what minds do, right? They started to go somewhere. Even though you had set your intention to be, uh, what I'm going to do is try to do this exercise and only focus on this, the lips together sensation, but your own mind didn't listen to you. It went and started doing something else. Now when you just think about your mind as a house and things are just running through it, you put up with that. You say, well, you know, my thoughts are just trying to help get me somewhere. But If this is becoming our home, if you're at home and it's dinner and somebody knocks on your door to try to sell you something, you can't come into my home. There's a little bit of agency that we can have to say, no, this this is our home here in the mind. So how can we build a dream home in the mind that is warm? and is bright. What would that look like? That's what we're going to find out after the break. So relax. Do that meditation if you want. Meditate on the music. Let it sink in and start to be thinking about what's the home inside the mind. What would you build that out of? Okay. Hey, everybody. My name is Marcus Cohen. I'm the production director here at New Church Live. And I just wanted to take a quick second and uh, ask for volunteers. You don't have to be actually be in the building to be a volunteer. Right now we're looking for volunteers for uh, video editing, graphic designers, and uh, there's some really cool projects that you could be doing right from home. So please reach out through the website, text Chuck, Angela, however you can get in contact, and uh, we will find something cool for you to do. Thank you so much. So, you may have thought that that house we were looking at before we were done with, but no, it's coming back, because do you think that I only looked at that one picture of it? Of course I was looking through and saying, okay, let me see everything. I'm going to live here. This is going to be great. So how do you take that that longing to live somewhere wonderful and apply it to the mind. How do we build a house that is better than that house in the mind? All right, so first, you want to think about the view. Why do I like that house in the first place? Yeah, this is a shot off the front of it. Well, part of it's the view. Like where, when I want to be that when I'm sitting in my front yard, I'm seeing something amazing, that when I'm doing my dishes and look out my window, what I'm looking at is The Pacific Ocean to a mountainous island with beautiful little clouds. I want to have what's in front of me be so enchanting that it just puts me in a good mood all the time, right? So what's the view that we are actually looking at as human beings? I like tapping my ring on the mic, sorry. What's the view that we are actually looking at as human beings? Uh, Okay, so I want to open to Isaiah. This is Isaiah 9, verse 7. Oh, wait. Let me make sure that this is right. This is worth getting right, because there was a really good... Ah, yeah, there it is. Sorry, I was like... Reading this the other night, and I moved my bookmark because you do but I found it How did you feel during that pause when I was looking for it? Were you relaxed? Were you anxious? This is what's the view? (laughs) What's the view that we're looking at? As human beings Well, I'll start a little farther back This is pretty famous stuff. You probably know it For unto us a child is born unto us a son is given right and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called, you know, it's like, we'll be called, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The verse after is the one we're, uh, we're looking at here. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So, God, who is the ultimate cosmic mentor, parent, friend, this just like amazing relationship we get to have with God, and this ultimate designer and architect that knows how to make a happy life for us better and better, than, to increase and, and be better and better, uh, not only is it going to get to where there's peace, but the, it will never stop getting better the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I think it was Dr. Jonathan Rose that first cued me into the significance of that passage. The increase, it's going to keep getting better forever. You think about if your life, if somebody told you right now, your life is going to get five percent better. Five percent better? That's great. I don't know exactly how that would stack out, but maybe I'm a little healthier. Uh, things are going a little bit better at work. Things are going a little bit better at home. The, the weather's a little bit better. The, you know, the, the lawn mows itself just a little bit. Whatever it is, 5% better, that's exciting. It, it can seem like a concept. When you think about your real life getting a little bit better, that's exciting. Now, think about if somebody said your life is going to increase by a percent a day forever. That things are going to get better forever. Even though right now we're in these hills and valleys, the the architect, the plan, the, the the what are those things at the airport that like the moving sidewalks? I guess they're called. They just move you towards a destination. We're on the moving sidewalk that's going to where things get better forever. That's the view. That's the view. That can be outside of our home of the mind if we work to put that in place. If we build our house looking at that. Your view can be a lot of things and it's really in some ways up to us. What are we looking at when we have free time? What are we coming to pursue and believe and chase? It is possible for your view to be like the one we just saw. You can have this, oh wait, regardless of what's going on right here around me, life is getting better forever. And that's what I'm looking at. That's even better than the ocean with the mountain. Although the ocean with the mountain may well be a picture of that. It's getting better forever. That's the view out front. That is location, location, location. There's a bit of your dream home right there. So if you say... Pretend this is the house of your mind, right? So the view is of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I don't know how to plug that in for you. Find a way to bring that to life. Find a way to build your house in that neighborhood. Maybe you're repeating that phrase yourself. Maybe you write it on a sticky note. Maybe you put a calendar phone reminder so that every day you're thinking about that and you're meditating on it a bit so you can start to see it how does something become the view you start to see it you start to understand it you start to imagine what does that mean and how am i seeing steps toward it or or potentials or how could it be everyone's house is different but that's the that's if we actually open our eyes that's the real view that's the best view you can have and guess what we're all beachfront in that it's all it's right there if we can just open the eyes to it. So that's one. But there's more. There's also other parts to this house. Like, how's that for a roof? This is inside that same house. You have to have a roof, but it can be a pretty spectacular one. So what is the roof doing for you in a house? Why does a house have one at all? It's, it's sheltering you from, even in Maui, it rains. When I was looking up, oh, I'm going to move to Hawaii, they're having hurricane problems there. There's, anywhere you are, volcanoes erupt. Anywhere you are, you're going to need a roof. So what's the roof? We'll see how long it takes me to find this one. Going into Luke. twelve, six to 7. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to protect us? What's going to shelter us when the storms do come? What can we set up above us to make it so that even when it's pouring as cold, that we're warm and we're dry? What can the roof be? We'll do six and seven. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten Before God. Okay, that's the lead in. This is the roof. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. When you feel forgotten, that's a very good correspondence. Just think about that. How many hairs do I have on my head? Right. Some of us have less hairs than we used to on our heads. How many are up there? Fine. It could be anything. It could be how many cells are in my arm. God knows. And that is an indicator that has within it just how safe we actually are. If you have Jesus Christ coming, and this is God saying, hey, I've got a couple of years to talk to you. I just got a couple of years to talk to you before I'm going to get crucified. And yeah, I'll be in heaven, but I won't be able to be really direct. There's only a few things that Jesus says, and one of them is, relax, I know exactly how many hairs are on your head. I know everything about you. You are not getting caught in the gears of some unfeeling giant cosmic machine. Understand that? That's a roof. It doesn't matter. Category five is not getting through that roof. So if we put it up there, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Okay, we're starting to build our house. we got the view out front of the increase of His government and peace. There will be no end, so we know where we're going. And when, because we're here, though, we're not there, and when things are tough, we know it doesn't matter what's going on. God knows every little single thing about, not just who I am, but the situation I'm in and how it makes me feel and everything I've ever thought and felt up to this point and everything I'm ever going to feel and with that knowledge is is totally more love for me than i have for myself so absolutely we got you covered as they say we'll do another one because there's more to a house and i would invite you to go in and think if you're building your dream house you know how many other truths and spaces can there be but let's look at something that's kind of foundational to this whole thing which is the foundation now On Zillow, they don't really have pictures of the foundation of the house. But I bet you there's a good, solid foundation under this one here. So what if we were going to have a foundation to our dream house in our home? What's that? What's all this stuff sit on? How do you... What do you have to have living in you to be able to build this house on in the first place? Because the foundation, more than anything... If you don't get that right, you don't get anything that lasts. What would that be? Well, I have an idea. I have a thought on that. So, you tell me if this sounds like a foundation. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, "Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law?" So this is Jesus butting heads with the Pharisees, although he really likes the Pharisees, but it's, they always have trouble getting along. They're trying to trap him, and they say, "Hey, what's what's the great commandment in the law?" That sounds a bit foundational. The law being all of the sacred scriptures. What's, the, what's the, the, your thesis in there? What, on what does the law rest? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And in case you don't think Jesus is saying that's the foundation, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, you don't, okay, you don't hang a house on the foundation, but hanging is about weight-bearing, and a foundation is weight-bearing. That, everything in the message that God wants to give us has to rest on love love God, love the neighbor. Love the Lord, love the neighbor. Well, that's interesting, because before we were going at this stuff that was kind of comforting to me, right? The view is things are going to get better for me. The roof is that I'm taking care of, and God spends a lot of time saying that, but the foundation is loving God and loving the neighbor, which, as Swedenborg describes in New Church Theology, that's really loving love and loving truth, because those things are what benefit the neighbor. It's not loving God is not Oh, there's God, and I really think he's, it's, it's loving doing what's right. It's loving doing what God stands for. So they're the same thing. Loving God and loving the neighbor go hand in hand. Because all God wants to do, if God is sitting here and numbering the hairs on everybody's head, and God is sitting here and wanting to make everyone's life better forever, and you say, I love you, God, what's God into? you If you love somebody, you think of what's a good present to get them for Christmas— And you try to think of what they would like, and that's how you express your love. You try to do something they would like. What will God like? Love the human race. Love the Lord, love the neighbor. Loving the Lord is loving the neighbor. So, that's the foundation. So, how would this look? If I have my home, and the foundation of my home is that, my home is my mind. So, let's say I walk into this room, and when I walk into a space, instead of just the automatic well, you know, are you going to do this or remember this thing that happened? Whatever your chatter is. If I say, well, in my home, when I walk into this room, the first thing I do is think about, how can I love God and love the neighbor in this room? When I go into my actions, how do I love God, love the neighbor? And what that does is that brings you into this space. You remember at the beginning I was saying, I like being here. Because what's in this space is we're thinking about the Great Commandments when we're here. That's what defines this space. So, you can make that your home. We, we have the ability to move and get there. But it takes saying, well, a house doesn't build itself. But if you know what it is, it's just work. You can just put the work in. We know our foundation, which is to love God and love the neighbor. Oh yeah, if we'd like put it into our low context. Foundation is love the Lord, love your neighbor. The roof is your hairs of your head being numbered. The view is of the increase of his government and peace. There'll be no end. You can fill in the middle. We're not going to do it here. You can switch those around. It's your dream house, which is actually God's dream house for you that he's like building through you. But this, this is the way life can be. It doesn't have to be that you're just living where you are. You can move, so your mind can become this dream home. And I would say that if you don't get um, that dream home inside you, anything, any other dream home you get physically, it's just gonna, it's not gonna do what you want it to do. That that picture that we were having before, of like you look at that house and you think, wow, would it be great to live there? It would be great to live in what that represents, which is heaven. And heaven is composed of these things that we just discussed. So if you can get that stuff to function together, the thing that makes your house a home is that you live there. So if we can live there, that is when you start to, that, the promise that you feel looking at a really awesome house comes to life that it's actually, you can have a better home in there. And then that home, as Bob Marley said, is in your head. So you take it wherever you go. Because we're not always going to get to choose where we are in life. And there's times when we need to be somewhere that's dark and cold because we need to bring some light into it. We need to learn something. Who knows? But doesn't mean we can't be building our home there. It doesn't mean we can't already have that view in front of us regardless of where we are physically relationally everything like that so i would say your mind can be the home of your dreams and we got the building materials so can i visit we put me at, we do airbnb or something I, I'd, I'd love to come and visit once you get that thing built all right let's let's say a little prayer at the end i'll just offer a few words as we get ready to leave the organized space here, but hopefully take a little of this space out into life. Right? So I'll offer a few words and then you know, as always, you can you can offer your own speech with God as they define prayer. So God help us to understand how important inside is, that we will often get pushed into thinking that if we can fix the outside, we'll be happy, but there's not, last, there's not a lasting piece there. But building the inside can be really strange and difficult, and it seems like there's no order to it. So help us understand how to build. You know, teach us the craft of spiritual construction. We know that you want us to live somewhere good. That, we know that. Help us do it. Fill us with the wisdom to keep on putting that work in and the desire to really have it be a place that not just we live, but you live there with us. Amen. So here the silent prayers of our hearts. thanks, everybody. Good to get to think about all that with you. I hope you take it out into your week. We are going to end with a song to try to lift up the spirits, let that settle, and hopefully, you know, we've put in a a brick or two uh, of the house here, and I look forward to seeing what you build. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please tune in and watch us live on Sunday mornings at 1030 at facebook.com Slash New Church Live. Thank you.